Heavenly Father, we come before you uh, in the name of Jesus and by uh, your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that we have access to you uh, in our times of need. Uh, and we look to you and we thank you for your grace that is sufficient. We pray that you would open our hearts and help us to hear your voice as you speak to us through the scriptures this morning and in our time of scripture reading and prayer. Um, would you strengthen and encourage each and every one of us? Help us to see how great your heart is for each and every one of us. Help us to see the depth of your love and how you uh, pursue us, Lord, um, in every way. Uh, and thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps us in our weakness uh, and helps us in in all things. Um, and so we seek to abide in you. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 3. Uh, today we'll be in Matthew, chapter 3. Um, and we see here uh, a baptism of repentance in the kingdom of heaven. Um, if you recall, we've been in uh, this book for a couple of uh, the past two weeks and thinking about Christ the King. He's the King of the Jews, the long-awaited uh, anointed one, the Messiah. He's also the King of the Gentiles. Uh, and we, last week we saw that there are uh, prophecies that are fulfilled in Christ um, alone. And even the geography of his early years is written into the scriptures. Uh, he was in Egypt and he was in uh, or he was in, born in Bethlehem and then in Egypt. And then uh, we saw at the end, Nazareth. And so uh, today we'll, we'll look uh, closely uh, at the beginning of his kingdom. Um, uh, so we're going to look at the king and his kingdom. So uh, the book of Matthew chapter 3, uh, I'll read the first uh, section here. And then um, at the end, we'll finish the second section. So verses 1 to 11, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 1 to 11. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore garments of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the, his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so I'll stop there just for a moment and then come back at the end uh, with 12 
uh, and to 17. So in preparing for this message uh, this week, I came across this fascinating story. There's a man, he lived in Chicago area, uh, close to where I grew up, and he was a chemist by trade. He went to Ivy League schools uh, and Ivy League school in the East Coast of uh, North America, um, but he lived in the Chicago area. He was also really involved in his local church, and he'd often have people over to his house for hospitality. And when you opened his front door, the, there was one word on the wall uh, hanging there, and the word was repent. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a shocking word, actually. We don't say it much in our everyday uh, speech. We don't see it written on advertisements, you know, repent, repent. Uh, but this is the word of John the Baptist, the first word we hear from him here in the scriptures. And uh, John's uh, message of repentance is probably something that, that's not real popular. Uh, other words like wrath or hell in a literal sense uh, are not in our everyday speech, but it's very much the message that John has here. So this morning we're going to look really quickly at what is repentance and then why repent and finally how to repent. So what is repentance? Uh, repentance simply uh, could be understood as turning from sin and self to God and his grace. Turning from our selfishness, turning from our sin, and turning to God in his grace. Uh, why repent? Uh, why repent? Well, we have a great need of repentance. And um, if we look at John, the man, uh, he himself is a strange character, it seems. He's, he's wearing camel's hair, and he's, his food is locusts and wild honey. Uh, now, not everybody, you might be thinking, well, maybe everybody dressed this way. No, they didn't. Um, very few people would dress this way. Um, in fact, something uh, uh, interesting is in, in 2 Kings, we learned that Elijah uh, wore this same type of garment and ate this same type of diet. So he's dressing the part of a prophet. And uh, John, in, his, in every way, he's modeling repentance. He's turning from self to the will of God. Um, and so John models, very much models, a corrective of materialism, consumerism, uh, certainly selfishness. Denying our, uh, we're called to deny ourselves, and uh, no one embodied self-denial more than John the, the Baptist. And Jesus would say this in uh, Matthew chapter 11. Uh, he talks much about John, the man, who, who he actually is. Um, many of us in this pandemic have been forced uh, to, with, um, to give up many of the, the luxuries that we've come to adopt as normal. So uh, eating out, uh, certainly during the lockdown time, vacations, um, I think, Dalal and I have forsaken two <laughs> planned vacations so far. I, I'm really hoping that summer travel will open up again uh, this summer. Um, but summer travel, we've given up a lot of these things we've come to think as, you know, normal, but they're really luxuries. And just a, a question, I guess, for reflection that we've probably all thought about 
um, is could God be working through these forced reductions in our lives to realign our hearts with the values of his kingdom? Um, and so could this be uh, grace in disguise, um, if you will, uh, or a corrective to um, things that we've kind of just adopted as regular? But, um, but God comes to us in this man, John. Uh, John chose the desert li living because he chose absolute reliance on God, God the Father. And we must, in lesser ways, uh, in similar fashion, not necessarily, you know, clothing, but do the same, committing our lives to reliance upon God. Um, so John the man, that's, uh, you know, interesting, but that's not the main thing. John the message, uh, why repent? Well, his message is what points us to repentance. In his first words, verse 2, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the first reason to repent or turn from sin and self and to God and his grace is that the kingdom is here. The kingdom has arrived with um, and the kingdom has come with this king. And if we look at this chapter as a whole, the first 11 verses uh, remind us of the kingdom. Um, it's almost like Isaiah chapter six, when he uh, saw the Lord on his throne, um, the first five verses or so of that, that chapter, um, he saw this six-winged creature, the seraphim, with um, uh, literally flaming one. And so, um, but then he sees the king. It says he saw the Lord upon his throne. And we see the king in the second part of this passage. And so let's look at verses 2, I'm sorry, 12 to 17 in Matthew 13. The second uh, half is a focus on the king. Uh, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But chaff will he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him by saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he, he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So the first half of this chapter, a focus on the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. In the last part of the chapter, the king, the king is here. So why repent? God's kingdom is here uh, and God's king is here. Um, Isaiah would say, woe is me, I am lost for I'm a man of unclean lips and I, my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of glory. Um, but what is going on here? Uh, John is baptizing with water, but he also talks about another baptism. Uh, and we see this, that there's a baptism of righteousness. And what is this about? Um, one uh, pastor theologian, J.C. Ryle, said that in Genesis, God says, let us make man. And in 
the genesis of Jesus' ministry, um, God here, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in agreement say, let us save man. And so we, we talked about this a few um, times over the last two weeks, that Israel and Jesus, the, the life of Jesus mirrors the life of Israel, that Israel passed through the, the waters, um, or was out of Egypt, passed through the Red Sea, and went into the desert. And Jesus uh, came out of Egypt as an infant, uh, and then passed through the waters of baptism, and it went in chapter 4 into the desert. But unlike unrighteous Israel, Jesus uh, does fulfill all righteousness. And he, he does that uh, perfectly. And he brings his people out of um, the sin of slavery um, to a new and final and ultimate exodus. So put plainly, uh, what's happening here, uh, the first the first baptism, the baptism of water, is for um, that the people were confessing their sins. But Jesus, when he was baptized, he had no need to be uh, baptized for the, for the forgiveness of sins. Um, instead, he was doing it to fulfill righteousness. So, plainly, what that, what that means is that he wasn't baptized for himself, but he was baptized for us. Um, and... When the Father says, um, when they hear the voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is a fulfillment of two scriptures merged together, Psalm 2, where uh, the King, the Messiah, is called the, anoint, the, anoint, the Anointed One, is called my Son. And uh, Isaiah 42, he's called the serpent, servant in whom God's soul delights or is well pleased. Um, so when the people hear uh, verse um, 5 and 6, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. It's kind of this picture of uh, the people being baptized. They go into the water, and they are made clean. But when Jesus goes into the water, he shows up on the scene in verse 13. Um, and he is baptized to fulfill all righteousness. He doesn't wash away anything, but he absorbs uh, the filth. He takes our sin on himself, our dirt, the scum of all the baptized. And if a drop of water, just one drop of water, got into his mouth, it would be the first taste um, of God's wrath, which he would drink in full measure on the cross. And so, the, uh, I don't know if, um, I really like reading the prophets. Uh, they, they stir my soul, um, like the, the book of Ezekiel. There's some strange things in there, but I find radical obedience, and it's almost like an earthquake. Um, but I don't know that, you know, how comfortable would we be if Ezekiel showed up, you know, at our house, and you hear the the birds chirping, um, you know, pushing the, the doorbell. Um, and he'd come in for some tea and have a seat. Or John the Baptist come in, you know, um, he would probably want to give us some tea with a little bit of honey, right? Uh, but these prophets weren't made to, uh, they're men made of God. Um, they didn't nor necessarily fit in. 
Uh, and so their message is shocking and their message is blunt and direct. Um, and John the Baptist had one of repentance. So Jesus is baptized to do what is right, to fulfill all righteousness, to carry out God's plan of dying for us uh, and being our substitute. And so if we understand um, this, uh, we should then understand there's only one response to such a king and his kingdom, and that is repentance. Again, turning from our sin and self to God and his grace. And so Jesus comes with holiness and humility um, that he would be baptized by us. And our posture and our response is to be holy, holiness and humility as well. But we naturally are neither one. And so we have need of repentance. Finally, um, how to repent. Uh, we see in verse 5, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and the region of J the Jordan went out to him, and they were baptized uh, in the river, confessing their sins. And so first we must confess our sins. Secondly, be baptized. And finally, John talks about here, fruit, uh, bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. So while most of Israel would reject the Messiah, uh, John chapter 1 tells us that, that he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But all that did receive him, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Many would reject him, but here we see many coming out from a region, from a city, and they are baptized, and they're responding to God's voice. Uh, there had been 400 years of silence uh, in between the, the Old and New Testaments, and now John's voice breaks the silence, a voice of one in the wilderness. Uh, fulfillment of Scripture, Isaiah 40. Uh, but all of these people are responding to God, the God's coming kingdom personally and in a corporate assembly. And we do the same when we gather um, uh, in fellowship and physical gatherings. Uh, we are personally relating to God, but we're doing that as a community, as a corporate assembly as well. And so Jesus is the one who takes away the sins of the world if we confess those sins to him. And uh, an illustration of this is the prodigal son in Luke 15. He uh, dishonors the family. He squanders his wealth. He shames his father uh, and the family name. But then he comes to his senses uh, and he's ashamed of himself, and he re rehearses his confession and plans it out against heaven, against you, before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But in the middle of his confession, um, the, the father interrupts him and smothers him with compassion and tears of love and celebration follows. Sometimes we think that, well, okay, step one um, how do I repent? Step one, uh, confess my sins, then what, then what, then what? And we think we have to have the whole, there's, there's got to be something more. But if we just come to God as we are, we come to God through Jesus, we come to Jesus as we are. Uh, we don't have to clean ourselves up, but we just come. Um, he meets us there. It's almost like we don't, um, it's the, bar the barrier breaks, the, the dam breaks, and the waters can flow. And there's forgiveness, and, and there is uh, grace and mercy abundant. And so 
we pray as sinners. We come to God as sinners. And um, be baptized. That's, baptism has always been um, a key uh, sacrament of the church. Um, and it's always been tied to confession of faith. Uh, for sins in the New Testament, that is. Uh, Acts twenty two sixteen shows us this. And water is symbolic of cleansing and washing away of sin. And John's baptism was with water. But he speaks of another baptism, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. In verse 11, the second half. Um, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This reminds us of Acts chapter 2 with Pentecost and the wind uh, and the fire that comes. Um, every time someone comes to, to Christ, though, Acts 2.38, um, the Holy Spirit comes. So, the, um, so this is what John uh, chapter 3, being born again, the Apostle Paul would call it being regenerated, um, baptism with the Holy Spirit. And the final step is fruit. Uh, verses 7 and 8, John uh, the Baptist here talks about the religious leaders and calls them um, a brood of vipers. You are a bunch of snakes. Uh, who warned you to flee from God's wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Uh, Matthew doesn't give us a lot of, more of the conversation there, but in Luke chapter 3, they, they kind of ask John, like, what do you mean? What does repentance look like? And he tells them what a heart uh, that is repentant looks like. Not keeping, not taking advantage of your neighbor, this um, and these other things. Uh, however, um, the Apostle Paul would call bearing fruit of repentance the fruit of the Spirit. And John is talking about the necessity of fruit in the life of, of a person uh, to be in God's kingdom. Um, the Spirit convicts us of sin. We must confess. We are baptized in, in the Spirit that is regenerated, and then the Spirit abides in us so that we bear fruit. But if there's no fruit in our lives, um, then we don't have life. But where there is fruit, where there's good fruit, there, there we're alive and well. And so um, just a couple things about these religious leaders. Um, it was ingrained in them that they were children, uh, biological children of Abraham. And there, were, there was a saying that they were taught from, I'm sure, childhood, that Abraham blocked hell for all the physical, literal descendants, uh, blood descendants of Abraham. And that he also had a storehouse um, of merit. And so uh, they had these false assurances that, you know, I'm, I don't need to repent. I don't need to, certainly don't need to be baptized. Um, in their minds, the only people who were baptized were Gentiles who wanted to become Jewish. They were proselyte. Um, and so they would, this, this ba being baptized for the forgiveness of sins was a really strange thing for these religious leaders. Um, but John the Baptist called them a bunch of snakes, not a bunch of saints. So finally, um, what does this mean for us today? Um, God's kingdom, the, the kingdom of heaven, is still very much at hand. 
uh, with the coming of Jesus some 2,000 years ago, the kingdom of God, um, the kingdom of heaven, as it's called often in Matthew's gospel, same, same uh, meaning, um, but here for a Jewish audience, uh, is still very much, it, it began and it's still very much carrying on. And one day with the second advent, when Jesus returns, he will fulfill uh, his kingdom. And so our response is to be lives of confession, um, regular confession of sin, and daily, uh, even daily, and to be baptized in water, to be re regenerated by the Holy Spirit, which we cannot do. Um, only God can do that. Um, and only God can produce fruit in our lives. And so uh, we, are, we live lives of response to God in the coming of his kingdom and the coming of his king. So I just really want to encourage you this week um, to focus on the king and to remember that the kingdom of God is here and it is growing. It might seem like a mustard seed and Jesus would tell us about that later on. Um, but let us focus on the king and his kingdom and continue to walk with him uh, this year. So let's uh, close in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revealing yourself uh, to us through it. Um, there are a lot of things here in this passage. Uh, repentance, baptism, uh, wrath, um, unquenchable fire, a lot of things that we don't think about very much. It's not popular conversation, but here on the lips of the prophet um, John the Baptist, we hear that these things are... Um, the, the kind of the core of his message. And I pray that you would help us as a church to turn from sin and selfishness to uh, our King, Christ, and his grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you, uh, on the cross, um, became sin for us so that in you we might become the righteous of God. You absorbed um, the wrath of God. You uh, took all of the dirt and the scum and the stains from us. Um, and thank you that we have a baptism in you. Um, thank you that we are united to you, Lord Jesus Christ, through faith. And we pray for your grace that you would continue to help us, that you would bear fruit in our lives, and that you'd help us to love one another, to care for one another, um, to share, um, to look after one another, and to live uh, the character of our king and to walk in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.